This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the Engineering Project Management Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping project managers sharpen their PM skills. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and in this episode of the Engineering Project Management Podcast, I'll be talking with Sean Spromberg. Sean's a licensed professional engineer. He's a project manager. He's also a team leader at MSA Professional Services. And we actually had the chance to work with MSA in a lot of detail in developing their project management development program. So we've got a good background on how capable they are as a firm with regards to project management. And Sean himself has a really diverse field of experience and has faced a number of challenges throughout his career. And in this episode, we'll be discussing his journey, some of the strategies that he's developed for self-reflection, and the benefits of being open-minded as a project manager. He's also going to talk about how he leans on these experiences to be empathetic with people as a project manager, whether that's his team members, supervisors, clients, contractors, and so on and so forth. And this is a really awesome skill to have as a PM. Before we go on, here's a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Collier's Engineering and Design. Thank you to EMI sponsor, Collier's Engineering and Design, a full-service A&E firm with more than 2,200 employees in over 60 offices nationwide. As an industry leader, Collier's Engineering and Design has a responsibility to ensure the built environment is constructed with a commitment to the inclusivity, health, and welfare of our people, clients, and communities. Their expansion has fostered an enterprising culture that provides continued opportunities for employees to grow their careers while accelerating their personal and professional development within the company. For more information about how you can join their team, find them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, or visit colliersengineering.com. All right, now I'd like to welcome our guest onto the show for today. Sean Spromberg is a licensed professional engineer and team leader at MSA Professional Services. Sean, welcome to the Engineering Project Management Podcast. Thank you, Anthony. I'm glad to be here. So let's get started here by, maybe you can tell our audience a little bit more about kind of your journey and how you got to where you are today as a team leader at MSA. Born in South Bend, Indiana, went to Michigan State, go Spartans. From there, I went to the West Coast, California, worked for a contractor, then for Placer County as a bridge engineer where Lake Tahoe is located, and then ultimately ended up in northern Wisconsin where I've been currently a uh, team leader for the last eight years with MSA Professional Services, working on projects from Lake Michigan over to the middle of Minnesota and from the North Shore of Minnesota by Canada all the way down to Des Moines. Interesting. So you've been in some different geographic locations. You've been in some different types of organizations like, you know, in the construction field, which I think I'm sure has really been valuable for you as a, to getting back into engineering in the design side of things. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that being in construction, especially earlier on in my career, I came from a family on my dad's side of uh, plumbers. So I was always exposed to construction at an early age and having that experience and seeing how things go together in the field by the craftsmen and women that put the stuff together has big time helped me out with being a better engineer, understanding what to put into plans what are good designs, simplified designs that help those uh, folks out. So that's been very instrumental. No, I had the same experience myself. I'm more in lungs of, I was working as a surveyor for a few years. So I really saw like just this projects being built, which made it a lot easier when I got in the design side. And really, I mean, we deal a lot with like contractors and construction professionals. So I think being in that field, you're probably able to really have a good feel for what they're thinking, what they're experiencing, which I'm sure helps you to kind of translate that to your team. So that sounds like some great experience. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, leadership. You're a team leader. How do you approach self-reflection as a leader and how do you continue to improve yourself as a leader? Because I think that that's an ongoing process. Absolutely. It's an ongoing process. That's probably something I have to pay attention to every second of every day, constantly uh, self-reflecting on where I'm at. I was just telling somebody on our team this morning that some days you have low energy, some days you have high energy, right? And throughout your life, you go through these cycles of low and high energy nonstop. And there are days when when I'm self-reflecting, I'm maybe low energy, not all there, didn't get enough sleep, didn't maybe eat right the day before, didn't get exercise, whatever. I self-reflect on that and pay attention to myself. And I'll tell team members or or folks I'm I'm, uh, dealing with clients or or contractors or whatever, hey, just uh, low energy day to day, that's where I'm at. If I'm forgetting something or misspoke, that's just just where I'm at. I just want to create the context for the conversation for where I'm at. And in particular, I think that that's very important with leaders and creating an, an authentic relationship or an authentic conversation or interaction with people when you're doing that. At the end of the day, I think we all have our ups and downs. And I think just being honest and open about it is nice because we're not all perfect and no one's going to be perfect. And if you try to be perfect for your clients, you're not really being authentic, like you said, right? And so I think people appreciate that. I think your clients thinking to themselves, I might be having a low energy day too. So, you know, and maybe that makes them more comfortable talking about it too. Absolutely. Let's dive into that a little bit more in terms of, you know, being a project manager, being a team leader. There are definitely benefits in being open-minded. I mean, I think one of them is, you know, if you're open-minded, you're going to be doing that self-reflection. But talk a little bit about how being open-minded as a leader can serve kind of your team and your organization. Being open-minded creates space. And space is where, I guess you could say, magic occurs, spontaneity occurs and creativity happens. In having that open-mindedness and and providing that space with our team members allows them to come up with new ideas, new innovative ways to how we approach projects, potentially more efficient ways to approach projects, and a better product for our clients in a lot of regards. So, you know, being open-minded allows us to venture into a lot of lot more places that we weren't before. If we were closed off to that, we wouldn't have that capacity to be able to do that. And quite frankly, that's what makes life and being an engineer fun. 
So open-mindedness equals fun, right? There's a good proverb, you know, you don't want to ever think your cup is full, right? Because if you think your cup is full, you're not looking for anything else. You know, you're, you're not open to things. You're not being open-minded, right? You have to kind of keep an empty cup and say, listen, I may have 20 years experience, but I'm still willing to sit down with anyone on my team if they have an idea that might be better than mine. And like you said, that's where kind of that spontaneity can happen. That's where new things can happen. That's where you can discover something about yourself or your team member that you probably wouldn't have if you didn't give it a couple of minutes or you know sat down and reflected on things. That's a great value to have as a leader or as a project manager. You know, whatever you lead, people, projects, because the world moves fast. But that doesn't mean that every once in a while we can't like just sit down and reflect, be open minded, be open to trying things different ways because that is kind of to your point, where you find new things, where you find something that you might take and run with, where you find a solution to a problem that you've been trying to to find. I want to go back a little bit. We talked about this earlier, how you had a very diverse field of experience. Like you've been in different geographic locations, like we've talked about. You probably work for different size organizations. You were in construction, you were in design. Talk a little bit more about how that is helpful as a leader, when you've seen different things, right? And you've had these different experiences, how that can help you. Because I think sometimes we kind of feel like we have to do certain things in our career, right? Okay. We go to school for engineering. We graduate. We have to get a job right away. We have to get our license right away. We have to stay in this company and try to get up to a certain level right away. And it could be a little bit scary to try different things. And it sounds like for you, you were able to do that. And I'm just curious as how that's still helped you to today. It's broadened my perspective. It's given me a, a lot of different perspectives on how to approach different things. And it's also allowed me to empathize with a lot of different people. So I can empathize with contractors. I can empathize with government officials. I can empathize with a developer or you name it. I can empathize with them because I've been there. I've done that work in a different capacity somewhere along the lines, and I can understand what their challenges are and help them on that basis because I can empathize with them. I think that's probably one of the most important things that I've taken away from having that diverse background, for sure. It's also provided me a lot of different perspectives on how to approach design and project management. You know, there's a different way that Caltrans designs bridges versus Wistot or MnDOT designing bridges. And none of them are wrong, right? But they're or just different ways that they approach it. And so getting that experience and gaining those different perspectives allows me to pick and choose the ones that I like or don't like and kind of apply that to how I approach things. Kind of collecting all those together, picking all the the juicy ones, the good attributes out of each one and putting them together to create solid designs and lead to successful project management. We do a lot of project management development programs. We've done work with uh, MSA on their project management learning and development program. And I think what, what we've found in like talking with a lot of project managers and going through these courses with them is project management and leadership really is like taking a collection of everything you learned and applying certain ones in different situations, right? It's kind of like you have the toolbox, right? The more tools you put in it, then you know the more solutions you can bring to the table. And so- I think being well-traveled in that sense can be very beneficial. And again, going back to what I said earlier, it doesn't mean that you can't go to one company and work there for 20, 30 years, but you can try different things within that company, right? You could try to work in different departments. You could work with different DOTs in one company potentially and, and see different things and experience different things. So 
I think really what we're getting at is, you know, you want to give yourself a lot of different experiences, whether that means working with different types of professionals, working on different types of projects, working maybe in slightly different disciplines. I know for me, I really worked for one consulting firm for my entire engineering career, but I did some structural work in the beginning. I did some geotechnical work in the beginning before I ultimately landed in the land development department. But those experiences really helped me when I was interacting with other structural engineers on our projects, if we had a culvert or a bridge on our project or on our site. Each of these experiences you know, gives you another tool or builds that toolbox or makes it a little bit more deeper for you that you can kind of go into and pull something out of. And to me, like as a project manager, that's extremely valuable because your team is also coming to you oftentimes for advice. And hey, I got this problem. How do I deal with it? And, and sure, you want them to think about, think it through themselves, but you also have different things that you can challenge them with or ask them about. That could be beneficial. And I think people do get very fearful of trying new things in their career, but you're someone who's done that quite a few times. So I'm just wondering like, what advice you might offer in terms of overcoming fear or being nervous about trying something new or you know, taking a risk in your career. What can you offer based on your experiences in trying new things? Just breathe would be a start. I have a picture of the Apollo mission from the 70s that visited the moon, and it's a picture of the Earth on my phone. And I had this aha moment maybe a decade ago or whatever. And in looking at that picture, it's the planet Earth surrounded by complete nothingness, just complete black. And what I realized from that perspective of the Earth is that the Earth is both precious and at the same time, insignificant. It's precious and insignificant. And everything on the earth is the same way. And it, taking it down to the level, granule level of what we do on a day in, day out basis, everything we do is precious, but at the same time, insignificant. Insignificant meaning more that it's going to go away eventually. I mean, it's not going to be here forever. It's precious at the same time. Whatever you do should be honored, should be taken care of, done with a high level of quality, but always having that in the back of your mind that it's going to ultimately go away to provide space around whatever it is that I'm doing. So when I'm taking a risk on, I feel like there's space around it that calms me down or allows me to go into something and not be fearful of whatever it is, to take risks on, to try new challenges and know that even if I fail from those, there's a opportunity to grow from them at the same time. People talk about this before, right? We're like a speck in the universe. I think that can be helpful putting it in that perspective when you're thinking that something in your career is so big or overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to handle this? Or how am I going to deal with this? Right? Like you're saying, like, you know, breathe. But it isn't. Right. It's one small thing in your career that's going to hopefully last for a long time. And you're going to look back on it and say, you know, it was one like little thing and you're going to laugh at it. Right? I tell that all the time to my wife. We have three kids and there's always something going on and my son will destroy something or something will happen. And I'll say to her, like, listen, right now it's a big deal. I'm sure like in a couple months we're going to laugh at what he did because it's just like another thing that happens, you know? Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that we belittle or we don't put effort and a high level of quality into what we do in the moment. But I have a, a mantra or something I always think about. It's give it your all, but don't get attached to the results. And maybe the results are great, but don't get attached to them. 
that's a good philosophy that can kind of keep you more or less kind of even keel you know, as you go through your career because they're everyone's career is like a roller coaster, right? We have ups and downs, and realizing that it is just an up or just a down over a long period of time can help you to stay focused and keep moving forward. We've kind of talked about now how building this kind of diverse range of experiences can be very valuable for both personal and professional growth. So, how can one kind of continue to seek out like new experiences or new perspectives? as they go through their career? It boils down to you got to want to, to some level. I think that it's up to the individual to want to do particular things, want to, and then subsequently seek those things out and not be fearful of the consequences of any of those things that they seek out. I think that that would be the basis, number one, of doing it, not being fearful of, of taking on new challenges. For me personally, always having an open mind, getting involved with different organizations, different groups at work, say in engineering, ACEC or ASCE or whatever profession you're in, um, in the engineering realm, getting involved with those groups, getting involved with groups at work. MSA has a next 50 group, younger folks in the organization that are going to be around and set the tone for MSA for the next 50 years, getting involved with a group like that, even if it's uh, you know the office party coordinating committee, getting involved with that. You might think these things are insignificant, but there are opportunities to build on relationships and expose you to more people, different people, different ideas, and different opportunities potentially that could open up for you. To me, what you're saying is you have to be intentional about it, right? And you know, it's easy to say, hey, I want to get a lot of different experiences. I want to learn a lot of different things in my career, but you have to do it. And one thing I picked up along the way, and then a lot of these podcast interviews is getting involved in these extracurricular groups, like you mentioned, the ASCE or an ACEC is beneficial. But what I've heard from most people is it becomes much more beneficial when you become active in those associations. Absolutely. Yeah. You get on a committee, you help out with an event, you take an active role. Because then, again, you're bought into it, you've got some results that you're seeing and you're enjoying and you're appreciating, and you're also making stronger connections with people because you're on a committee with them and you're working with them and you're meeting new people. And so I definitely agree with Sean there in that you've got to seek out these opportunities and you want to become as active as you can in some of these other activities. And they could be internally as well. I'm sure I know MSA has a lot of good internal committees and groups, and I know a lot of consulting firms do. And that can really help you. And not only can it help you to build up some more of these different experiences. But in terms of project management, it can help you as well because project management is often juggling a lot of different things that happen on projects and dealing with a lot of different types of people, different work styles, different personalities, right? So the more that you interact with people, whether it's at an ASCE chapter meeting or it's in a project management meeting, it's just people. It's dealing with people, right? Absolutely. You want to have different exposure to people with different tendencies and traits and characteristics, and it's just going to help you. And that's why I always think like you can't really necessarily separate who you are personally and professionally because you're who you are. And like all your experiences at home and at work add up and you utilize all of them every day. And that's really what you do. And so let's go a little bit deeper in terms of like challenges, right? You've been working your career for a while now. I know you've faced a number of challenges like we all have. How have these challenges kind of helped you to come out kind of stronger on the other side and really think about kind of your purpose in your career in life? Talk about how challenges have affected you. 
There's a uh, Ernest Hemingway quote that the world breaks everyone, and those who come out on the other side are stronger in the broken places. Really what that's in my mind alluding to is that challenges and adversity are the most paramount thing that can happen to a human being to make you grow. It's the muscle that needs to lift the the weight and be challenged or create, have some adversity to it in order for the muscle to grow, right? Wouldn't we all like our kids to, you know, just have all the money in the world, be protected, never have any problems in their life? No, we, we really wouldn't because they would be shallow human beings. They would never have challenges, experience adversity, and they'd never grow internally as a human being as a result of that. So- the same goes for you know engineering in my career. I've grown by the things that have gone wrong more than I've grown from all of the things that have gone right. Those challenges, you never forget. The things that were hard, the things that blew up on you, those are the things that you remember and you grow from. And this goes back to taking risks on, trying new things, trying to overcome fear and know that even in a challenging situation, if it doesn't go the way you planned, you're still coming out stronger on the other end. You're coming out better. You know not to design it that way that you did that time. You know not to project manage that particular way. Don't set schedules the way you did or or whatever the circumstance may be, the details may be. But don't be afraid to challenge yourself. Get into situations where you're push just a little bit. This is another thing on our team. I ask everybody usually yearly is, do you feel like you're challenged enough, but not getting to the point of breaking and stressed out? You want to be kind of in a bent state. You want to be supple or or bendable and, and be challenged just enough, but not to the point of being stressed. And you don't want to be complacent, which is the other, the other end. So no, not complacent, not stressed, but challenge somewhere in the middle of that. Like healthy stress almost. I guess you could say healthy stress. Yeah. A quick kind of personal story on that. I might've told this on the podcast before, but a little over a year ago, I was like skiing with my daughter and she kind of fell and she tore her ACL, unfortunately. And she's an athlete. It was yeah, obviously devastating for her. You're out for a year and plus, but she went through the process of rehabbing. She did like 90 physical therapy sessions and she decided through that process that she wanted to become a physical therapist. It's like she's in high school right now, which is awesome, right? I told her like, you may have just found your career by going through a really difficult challenge in your life. Now we're going through the college process and she's looking at schools with physical therapy and she's like, you know, really enjoying it. So again, if you want to bring that back to project management, if you have a situation with a client on a project, which I've had several times that didn't go well for whatever reason, maybe the language in the agreement was off and it caused some friction and a conversation that was uncomfortable. Now that I've gone through that once, myself or my team next time can either avoid it or be more proactive about that situation. Or if we do get into an uncomfortable situation, we feel a little bit better equipped and maybe can handle a little bit more smoothly but we wouldn't have been able to do that unless we went through that situation with a client once or you know a previous time. So if you're in a situation that's rough, yeah, it's going to be rough in the moment, but I think you kind of almost have to go back to what Sean said earlier about, you know, it's a small thing in a large portfolio of projects for you that's only going to help you get stronger. I've always found that great project managers, great leaders take those challenges and they really turn them into opportunities. Those are the leaders that really really you see 
that be very strong over the course of their career. What piece of advice that you can share, Sean, related to, you know, just helping engineers, project managers out there as they grow in their careers? I presented this to the team last week, this quote, and I said, what does this mean to each one of you individually? There's uh, 11 people on our team, soon to have a 12th uh, with one of the great interns coming back on our team at MSA here. But I said, a great tailor cuts little. And everybody had kind of different opinions and, and different philosophies on that simple statement. But ultimately, you know, where we landed is less is more. Don't get hung up in the, in the details. Don't get hung up in the weeds on things. Don't let your mind race away. Keep a steady course. Keep a simple stupid kiss, kiss methodology. Really, if I were to sum it all up you know, to be a good project manager is keep it simple. Keep design simple, keep uh, your messaging simple, keep the structure of your team simple and how you do project development and whatnot. I've seen, I guess in my career, and I can speak to myself in my younger days, I would get so far down the rabbit hole in details that I would just spin out. I was stressed. Um, I was trying to make everything perfect. I thought I needed to detail everything out to the nth degree, and that is not necessary. You don't necessarily need to do that, and that's probably an art that you a person will develop over time, learning what can you include and what can't you include. But the uh, the more simple you can keep designs, the better. I like to design pipes out of stormwater projects and put more ditches and in grass basins in and things like that because pipes fail. A ditch lasts maybe for centuries, right? It's simpler. It's uh, time-tested, less maintenance, those sorts of things. So just kind of an analogy there on how that relates to project management. Keep it simple. All right, I like that. Keep it simple. All right, well, we're not finished with Sean just yet. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to just talk about one PM pitfall that we can help you with in your project management efforts. So we'll be right back. Now it's time for our PM Pitfall segment of the show. Before we dive in, we'd like to recognize one of our sponsors. As a full-service consulting firm, MSA Professional Services is all about creating communities that work. They partner with clients to help solve today's complex and multifaceted infrastructure challenges and positively impact the lives of others. MSA specializes in the sustainable development of communities and is proud to be a 100% employee-owned company. With roots reaching back to 1919, MSA has grown from a rural land survey company into a multidisciplinary network of nearly 400 engineers, architects, planners, funding experts, surveyors, GIS experts, and environmental scientists who are committed to making communities better places to live, work, and play. Based in 17 offices in four states with solutions that reach clients across the nation, MSA is dedicated to making every project and every hire a commitment to long-term success. To learn more about MSA and current job openings they have, please visit msa-ps.com. That's www.msa-ps.com. 
All right, we're back with our guest for today, Sean Spromberg. Sean is a licensed professional engineer and team leader at MSA Professional Services. We've talked a lot today, Sean, about different challenges in one's career and you know building up diverse experience. To kind of wrap us up for today, I want to talk about PM pitfall. What would you say is the biggest PM pitfall maybe that you've identified or you've seen in your time as a project manager? And how would you recommend either overcoming that challenge or avoiding that challenge for PMs out there? And this kind of expands on what we were just talking about prior to the break here. It's keeping things simple. And one of the strategies I've learned early in my career from some really great project managers is setting milestones on projects. It doesn't matter if you're in public sector or private sector, we're all bound by budgets, right? We all have a budget that we all have to adhere to. And in developing projects, it's one of the challenges I see is it's hard for folks and myself included to kind of rectify designing the project and maintaining the budget on a project. And one of the strategies we've employed that seems to be pretty successful is a 30, 60, 90% milestone review of projects. And it doesn't matter what type of project you're designing, if it's a stormwater pond, if it's a road bridge, just setting those milestones up and then paying attention to where your budget is at those different milestones. So one of the strategies we use is you have 30% plans, you should have 30% of the budget used up. You have 60% plans, you should have 60% of the budget used up. And then going into 90% or final, you should have you know 60 or 70% of the, the budget to uh, still have left to finalize the project. But especially in consulting budgets and with project development is, is probably one of the most challenging things that I see. And it's one of the, the things that, you know, we talk about over and over again, that is a challenge. And like I said, public or private, you're still bound by budgets, right? We can't just write a checkbook out. It's project starts at a million dollars, work for city X, and now it's $10 million. You go to the mayor and the city council and, and say, well, you know, it just costs more there needed to be some checks and balances in place for how you got there if you are going to have to have that conversation with your leadership group like that. The whole idea of keeping it simple and looking at your, you know, how much money you've spent on your project or certain phases of your project versus how much of the work is actually done is critical. You may know this as earned value for somebody that used the earned value approach. We do cover that actually in MSA's PM development program because it is an important strategy. But I will tell you, there are a lot of firms that we work with, large firms that do not do this, right? They don't really train their PMs on this. And some of the project managers will get their report and they were just looking at dollars spent. If you have $10,000 to do a plan and you've spent 5,000, you can't just assume that you're halfway done with that project because your people spend $5,000. You physically have to go to each one on your team and say, can I look at the plans? Can we see where we're at? I want to make sure we're about 50% done with this project. And Obviously, you can think about the ramifications if you're 20% done and you spend 50% of the money. So it really can be that simple if you're doing it on a regular basis and having those conversations with your team. And I do think that a lot of people don't take the step to look at the physical complete. They're only looking at the percent spent, which is a problem. Physical complete is huge. We're all creating a deliverable. We're creating a piece of art, I sometimes think, right? Make it kind of cool and, and interesting sounding. But okay, so where is our creation at compared to the money that we spent on it? It's really fundamental. It's your uh, 
checks and balances of a project. Like you said, it's your budget. It's everything that you're judged on really as a project manager and consulting are one of the key things, right? And believe me, if you're over $10,000, $20,000, $30,000, your review's not going to go well. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. You know, and that, the other challenging part is amendments. You know, do we need an amendment? And it makes having that kind of somewhat difficult, it can be a difficult conversation with somebody with their client. Hey, we need an amendment for this project. It makes that easy when you have those checks and balances in place. We've spent 30% of our budget. We're at 30% design. And oh, we want to add on that much more onto the project. Well, that's easy to justify an amendment. It wasn't like we spent 30% of the budget. We have the 30% done and we went past spending that where we spend 60% of the budget or 90% of the budget only have 30% done. We're, we're exactly where we need to be and we're adding more on. So, Yeah. And it can tell you those types of things when you're measuring this closely or regularly that maybe we are way over and maybe it's because we've done some work that wasn't in the scope. And then you can go back and pull together your justifications and reach out to the client. But without looking at where you're at, as a PM, you may not have recognized that. So, Absolutely. Yep. Just gives you lots of insights. Well, Sean, lots of good stuff that we covered here today from all your experience. We really appreciate you taking some time out and sharing it with us with here on the podcast. And just thank you for taking the time and giving such great advice. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Anthony. And thanks everybody out there. Good luck. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sean. I really did. I think he's got some awesome perspectives and he's doing some really progressive things as a project manager in terms of self-reflection being very open-minded, posing different types of questions to his team members, and really keeping everything in perspective. I enjoyed the conversation, and we really enjoyed working with MSA over time to develop and help deliver their custom project management program. We think it's just been a really great experience for those PMs within the firm to kind of interact with each other and learn from each other as well. Please remember you can find the show notes for this episode and all episodes of the Engineering Project Management Podcast at engineeringpmpodcast.com. That's engineeringpmpodcast.com. There you will find the show notes for all episodes, which list any of the resources, books, or tools mentioned by our guests during the episodes. Also, if you're interested in a custom project management program for your firm, you can visit our site at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Or just give us a buzz, 800-920-4007. That's 800-920-4007. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your project management endeavors.